Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is December 21st, 2021, and our first story, the January 6th committee is now weighing whether or not they have enough evidence to refer Donald Trump for criminal charges. Could mean nothing. But they did issue criminal referrals for Steve Bannon and Mark Meadows, and Bannon was charged. We also know that there is a grand jury in New York, which will likely indict Donald Trump, his organization, on fraud charges. But it remains to be seen. All of this may be just to stop Trump from running for president again in 2024. In our next story, Fox News has implemented a hard vaccine mandate. That's right. So uh, if you support Fox News, you should probably call them out. And I'll tell you this. Shout out to The Daily Wire for standing firm and refusing to back down. You shouldn't be giving Fox News your support. I think it's hypocritical. And in our last story, a leftist infiltrates a right wing mom group and accidentally proves the left is in a cult. This mom group had a wide range of opinions. Some thought there was issues of racism and there weren't issues of racism and they had debates. And this lady was like, but they were so nice to my autistic child, something I don't experience in other places. Ma'am, you're in a cult. Please wake up. Now, if you like the show, give us a good review. Share the show with your friends. It's the best thing you can do to support us. Now, let's get into that first story. The January 6th committee is weighing the possibility of criminal referrals against Donald Trump and his allies specifically involving whether or not Republicans committed wire fraud and if Donald Trump actually committed a crime when he sought to, as the New York Times reports, obstruct the electoral college vote count. Now, this news is coming just off of other news that a grand jury has been convened in New York to indict Donald Trump or his organization and or his organization on fraud charges. Now, if you were to ask me, I think this would be the logical conclusion of the January 6th committee. Initially start by saying we were just trying to get an account of what happened on January 6th. And now they're saying, well, maybe we want some criminal referrals. When the first criminal referrals were made, it was against, I believe it was Steve Bannon, because he refused to cooperate and testify and provide documents to the January 6th committee. Now, I was of the opinion that this would never move forward. The committee, sure, they can make a criminal referral, but is the House actually going to vote on it? even with a Democrat majority? And the answer was yes. And Steve Bannon actually was criminally charged for contempt of Congress. Now they're making moves against many other Trump allies. Considering this is happening at the federal level, considering what's happening in New York, one could say 
that Donald Trump is just truly too corrupt to run for president again. I mean, the speculation is that he's going to run in 2024 with many of his allies saying, no, 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 he's legit going to run in 2024. Or it could be that they are pulling out all the stops to make sure Donald Trump cannot run again. Because I'll tell you one thing is true. Democrats absolutely are panicking. I don't think they have any real arguments against Trump, against his policies. I mean, you can make arguments against his character. But Trump adopted many populist positions that Democrats needed, and they didn't know how to run against him. You take a look at Bernie Sanders in 2008, Hillary Clinton in 2008, and you'll see they're talking about border barriers. You got Bernie Sanders talking about open borders being bad. You've got populists left and right talking about helping the American worker, and Donald Trump adopted those policies. And the Democrats didn't have anything left to run against him. So now we are seeing a wave of Democrat retirements in Congress. And this means, considering what we already know about a coming red wave, it's substantially more likely Republicans will take the House in 2022 and the Senate. And then come 2024, with Donald Trump running for the presidency, Trump will get his second term because Joe Biden is basically out. Many high ranking Democrats, many Democrat strategists have been saying they do not believe Joe Biden will run again. And if he doesn't, who could they possibly get? Hillary? Yeah, I don't know about that. Kamala? She couldn't even get one delegate. Maybe Pete Buttigieg, eh, but he doesn't really have the star power. If Donald Trump does run in 2024, he wins. And the establishment knows this, or at the very least, they're, they're, they're believing it is extremely likely he does win. Maybe he doesn't. I think it's likely. And so what do we get? Obstruction. Everything they accuse Trump of potentially wanting to do, imprisoning his political rivals, they are now doing, pulling out all the stops and playing dirty games to make sure they do not lose power. But it seems inevitable, especially with the coming red wave that has been predicted. Maybe not. We don't know. I mean, I think 538 says it's likely, but who knows? We got a full year. Campaign season is set to begin in about a month, and many people are already campaigning. But with around 23 Democrats retiring and only about 13 Republicans retiring, major advantages for the Republicans are here. And the Democrats must be scared they're going to lose power and Donald Trump might win again. And what happens if Trump does win? Trump will take the gloves off. I mean, he brought on so many bad people. John Bolton's the best example. He didn't fire Fauci. What do you think he's going to do if he wins the presidency this time? Now he's got experience under his belt. He's witnessed what happened under Joe Biden for the next term. He's going to come in and he's going to say enough. And then it'll get bad for the establishment, at least. So let's read the story and see what's going on with the January 6th committee. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member if you'd like to help support our work as a member. You're basically funding all of the journalists that we have on, on board and the opinion pieces that get written as well as all of our shows, including this one, Pop Culture Crisis, Tales from the Inverted World. If you like the work we do, please become a member at TimCast.com. But don't forget to also subscribe to this video, uh, subscribe to this channel right now. Share this link wherever you can. It really, really does help. We don't have the massive marketing budget of these big conglomerate media companies. We just have you guys. If you believe in the work that I'm doing here and what we do at TimCast.com, share as much as you can. Now, Let's get into that first story. The New York Times reports January 6th committee weighs possibility of criminal referrals. The House panel is examining whether there is enough evidence to recommend that the Justice Department pursue cases against Donald J. Trump and others. Now, I want to pause for a minute, okay? And I want to I talk about some language here. They're weighing the possibility of criminal referrals. 
Does that mean it w- that Trump is, is facing criminal charges? I believe the answer is yes. They're trying to go after him and get criminal charges. But I want to just point out, not that I think it's not likely. I just think we're at phase one. Or I should say January 6th committee was phase one. They start filing subpoenas and doing their investigation. Phase two is now they say, oh, geez, oh, no, look, there's potential crimes here. We need to now upgrade from an inquiry to a criminal investigation. The next phase will be, I believe they will be making criminal referrals. Then it will go to the DOJ and maybe Trump will actually be hit with criminal charges. But I believe it is fair to say that the goal here is to present Trump with that uh, the potentiality, or I should say the inevitability, at least in my opinion, but I could be wrong. At the very least in New York, I believe Trump will be indicted. Let me say that again. I've, I, I want to pull up how the New, how New York grand juries work. And let me just stress this point. They're going to have 23 jurors, potentially. They need only 12 to believe probable cause a crime may have been committed. There will be no judge and there will be no defense. And if 12 of these grand jurors find probable cause, a probable cause, I mean, think about how low that standard is. Trump will be indicted. That means a cop walks past your car and says, maybe I smelled pot. That's probable cause. Probable cause is his car was swerving. Think he's under the influence. Yeah, I think Trump will be indicted. But let's read the story from the New York Times. They write, when the House formed a special committee this summer to investigate the January 6th Capitol assault. Its stated goal was to compile the most authoritative account of what occurred and make recommendations to ensure it never happens again. But as investigators sifted through troves of documents, metadata, and interview transcripts, they started considering whether the inquiry could yield something potentially more consequential. Evidence of criminal conduct by President Donald J. Trump or others that they could send to the Justice Department urging an investigation. That move, known as sending a criminal referral, has no legal weight, as Congress has, the, has little ability to tell the Justice Department what investigations it should undertake. But it could have a substanti- substantial political impact by increasing public pressure on Attorney General Merrick B. Garland, who in his first year in office has largely sidestepped questions about what prosecutors are doing to examine the conduct of Mr. Trump and his aides as they promoted baseless allegations of voter fraud. And I'll stress this. I did not believe and many did not believe that the criminal referrals would result in actual charges against Steve Bannon. But they did it. So I think they're absolutely willing to go to these lengths. Now, it's pretty serious to try and stop Trump doing this, using this tactic. But I believe they've already proven me wrong in their willingness to actually file the criminal referrals and then have the DOJ go after these people. They're going to say, the questions of criminality go far beyond the contempt of Congress referrals that the House has sent to the Justice Department for Mr. Trump's former chief strategist, Stephen K. Bannon, and his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, for their refusal to cooperate with the investigation. According to people briefed on their efforts, investigators for the committee are looking into whether a range of crimes were committed, including two in particular, whether there was wire fraud by Republicans who raised millions of dollars off assertions that the election was stolen, despite knowing the claims were not true and whether Mr. Trump and his allies obstructed Congress by trying to stop the certification of electoral votes. Now, I'll tell you this. Republicans who claimed recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing and everyday goods are up way up. 
and you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Ark Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. That they believed there was fraud in the election, raising money off of it, but privately said they didn't think so, that would be fraud. Now show me evidence of that occurring, and I'll agree with you. Absolutely go after those people. Because there were a lot of people saying things like, we got to get to the bottom of this, and we got to investigate this. And if they were privately saying something else, well, there you go. Defrauding people to raise money. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying, prove it. They say it's not clear what, if any new evidence the committee has that might support a criminal referral, when and how it will determine whether to pursue that option, and whether the committee could produce a case strong enough to hold up against inevitable accusations that it acted in a partisan matter. Behind the scenes, the committee's day-to-day work is being carried out by a team of 40 investigators and staff members, including former federal prosecutors. The panel has obtained more than 30,000 records and interviewed more than 300 witnesses, including about a dozen last week, whom committee members say provided key testimony. In recent weeks, the committee has publicly signaled its interest in the question of criminality, shortly after obtaining from Mr. Meadows 9,000 pages of documents, including text messages and a PowerPoint presentation, the panel's top Republican rep, Liz Cheney of Wyoming, read from the criminal code at a televised hearing. She suggested that Mr. Trump, by failing to stop the violence at the Capitol on January 6th, might have violated the federal law that prohibits obstructing an official proceeding before Congress, except Donald Trump issued a statement saying stop. So I don't know what they're trying to claim other than they're just trying to make sure Trump can't run again. They want, they're trying to drain resources from Trump and his allies. Quote, we know hours passed with no action by the president to defend the Congress of the United States from an assault while we were trying to count electoral votes, Ms. Cheney said, adding, did Donald Trump through action or inaction corruptly seek to obstruct or impede Congress's official proceedings to count electoral votes? The question is one of the most significant to emerge in the first six months of the investigation. The panel has nice nine House members, including two Republicans, but let's be real, Republicans will put in air quotes. It plans to hold televised hearings early next year to lay out for the public how the pro-Trump Stop the Steal movement helped lead to the Capitol riot. Now, I personally believe, as always, if there's wrongdoing by, you know, absolutely, people should be indicted. They should be charged criminally for wrongdoing. But I I genuinely believe this is mostly about draining the resources from Trump allies and trying to hurt them because we've got a very serious election coming up. Historically, we should see Republicans win because with Joe Biden, a Democrat as president, people will flip vote the other direction, upset with how things are going. They'll say we need Republicans in charge because the Democrats didn't cut it. I don't know if that'll actually happen. I think the people who are coming out and saying Republicans are guaranteed to win are making a big mistake because you have no idea what's going to happen. The rules were changed and never changed back. So universal mail-in voting still exists, and this provides a huge advantage to Democrats because they can go door-to-door in dense urban areas and easily 
get more votes than Republicans could doing the same tactic in the suburbs or in rural areas. But let me show you what's going on with Mr. Alex Jones. NBC News says, Alex Jones sues January 6th committee in bid to evade deposition. The committee is scheduled to question the InfoWars host on January 10th. Alex Jones came out. He said what they're trying to do. Um, I'll paraphrase here. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but my understanding of it was he said they wanted to, to trap him. Basically, you get him in there, you tell him under oath, tell us what's going on. And then if he makes if he gets anything wrong or makes a misstatement, whatever, they'll accuse him of lying and then refer him for criminal charges. So he said he's going to plead the fifth. NBC News reports uh, Alex Jones is suing the House. The lawsuit seeks to block the bipartisan panel. You see how they do that bipartisan, but no one on the right supports Liz Cheney for the most part. They say moving forward with his deposition of Jones on January 10th and to void the committee's subpoenas for documents and phone records. The suit says Jones has offered to submit documents and answer written questions with written responses, adding the select committee has refused to accept that offer and insists that he appear in person for a deposition. The lawsuit also says that Jones, the founder of Infowars, of on which he is a prominent host, plans to invoke his Fifth Amendment right to stay silent if he is forced to testify that the committee is violating his First Amendment rights as a journalist. I like how they put a journalist in quotes. I am going to offend everyone on the left. Alex Jones runs a news organization. I'm not necessarily going to call him a journalist because I think there's pundit and pundit might be a better, uh, uh, you know, uh, term to use. But Infowars is a news and media organization. The content that he covers is news. You can say he's wrong. You can say he's lying. Okay. Then we'll have a question about to what extent does someone have to lie before you would say they're not a news organization? Because, I mean, we can take a look at CNN or the New York Times. What people don't like, and I said this before, is that Infowars writes a bunch of droll run-of-the-mill news as well. And then Alex Jones has his bombastic show. So the fact remains, I'm not here to talk about the credibility of Infowars. I'm here to say it is a news organization. By all means, call it whatever name you want to call it. Insult them, put journalist in quotes, fine. Alex Jones has a First Amendment right to publish what he, what he wants to publish. Quote, Jones has a good and substantial reason for, to fear the select committee may cite him for contempt of Congress if he refuses to answer its questions on grounds of constitutional privilege, the suit says. In a letter to Jones last month, the committee's chair, Benny Thompson, said the committee had evidence that Jones was involved in the planning and funding for the rally at the Ellipse before the riot, and that he was supposed to lead rally goers to the Capitol. The letter also said that Jones heavily promoted the rally on his shows, including referring to then-President Trump's tweet that the rally would be wild and one of the most historic events in history. But Alex Jones was not talking about a riot at the Capitol. He was talking about a rally. The January 6th committee is conflating all of these things together to make it seem worse than it is. Many people attended a rally. Most of them did not go to the Capitol. You see what they're trying to do. Now, the reason I bring up Alex Jones here is because he's correct. In this story from MSNBC, they say Liz Cheney's roadmap for a Trump indictment tied to January 6. It appears many individuals up, up to and including former President Donald Trump worked hard to obstruct an official congressional proceeding. They say on January 6, Congress met to conduct an official proceeding, the counting of electoral votes to certify electoral college votes certify Joe Biden. But that proceeding was, in, proceeding was in, interrupted. As the House Select Committee investigation into the Capitol right progresses, a vivid picture is emerging. It suggests many individuals, we get it, including Donald Trump, worked hard to obstruct that official congressional proceeding. And I believe, as do other legal experts, that doing so constitutes a federal felony. I believe Alex Jones is correct. They're seeking to take information from him to effectively indict him. And he has a Fifth Amendment right not to self-incriminate. There you go. As does Donald Trump. 
But the story is plain. Liz Cheney's roadmap for a Trump indictment is tied to January 6. This is a very interesting way to frame it, uh, MSNBC. You're saying that she had a roadmap to indict Trump and it's related to January 6. That is to imply that her roadmap for indicting Trump is unrelated in a sense, like she was going to do it anyway, or she wants to do it and she needs January 6. Sounds to me like the goal of this is just to get Trump indicted. By all means, people on the left and Democrats will say, good, Trump is corrupt. He's a fraud. And this is the path she's taken to to finally take him down. And I think many others would just go and say they're really trying to stop him from running again. Trump is the opposite of perfect. Trump is a deeply flawed individual. He's got a, a bad attitude. And I believe, as I've always said, he embodies the worst of American culture. And I'll tell you this, you give me Hillary Clinton. I'll I'll tell you what's really funny. In 2016, I didn't vote for Trump. I didn't vote for Hillary either. I didn't care. I was like, they're both bad. And the left was like, you think Hillary is worse than Trump? Oh boy, do I? But for different reasons. And now I look at it and I'm like, look, Trump is bad, but he's not that bad. Not like Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden. Now you can see how bad things are really getting. So come 2020, I did vote for Donald Trump. Absolutely, I did. And I supported much of his second term agenda. But I'm not a big fan of the guy. What I mean by that is there's a lot of things that he does that I like. I think he's funny. I think he knows how to whip up a crowd and all that stuff. But I'd prefer somebody else. I'm not even a big fan of Ron DeSantis. But considering what he's done with COVID in that capacity, I am. I'm not a fan of traditional conservative politics, but I am a fan of getting things back to normal. And what's going on is anything but. I believe that Democrats are exploiting a crisis for, for political power and gain. And at the very least, Ron DeSantis could technically be doing the same thing, but at least he's doing it in the right direction and people are freer in Florida. You can take a look at Texas, some other states and some other states that are that are doing the right thing. So if it came down to a 2020, uh, 2024 election, yeah, I would prefer not to see Trump run, as would many people, many, many people, because Trump had a bad attitude. Um, I don't know if I would vote for Ron DeSantis either, to be completely honest. But given the options, depending on what occurs, we'll see. I really hope Dave Smith ends up running for the Mises Caucus, Libertarian Party, and I might actually support that. But again, we will see. I think this country is faced with an existential crisis. I don't believe that supporting either Democrats or Republicans is going to get you out of this. But here's what we can see. It's becoming increasingly likely that Republicans are going to win the House in 2022. We're going to see them potentially win the Senate as well. And this is going to change things dramatically. Joe Biden will still be there to veto. But if we see a red tsunami, the veto will be meaningless. And boy, will things get spicy. The Hill reports members of Congress not running for re-election in 2022. They say several House members are seeking other offices, such as in the Senate or their state governorships. But other lawmakers are citing decennial redistricting and the increasingly toxic environment in Congress. So far, 23 House Democrats have indicated they aren't running for re-election along with 13 House Republicans. Across the Capitol, just six senators have said they aren't running for re-election. And that is, I believe, it's mostly Republicans. However, when it comes to Congress, there are way more Democrats. They say you've got Senator Richard Burr, Republican, Pat Toomey, Republican, Rob Portman, Republican, Richard Shelby, a Republican, Roy Blunt, Republican, and Patrick Leahy, a Democrat. Here's the running list. We've got Ann Kirkpatrick. These are Democrats. Philemon Vela, Sherry Bustos, Tim Ryan, Charlie Crist, Val Demings, Connor Lamb. This is interesting. Lamb, 37, announced in August 2021 that he is running for the open Senate seat in his state. Lamb had only narrowly defeated his GOP challenger by just over two points in 2020. 
after he won a special election in 2018 to represent a district that had been held by a a Republican. And that was Sean Parnell, who was running for the Senate. And then he dropped out over family issues. Ron Kind, Karen Bass, John Yarmuth, David Price, Mike Doyle, Anthony Brown, Jackie Spire, G.K. Butterfield, Peter Welch, Eddie Bernice Johnson, Tom Suozzi, Peter DeFazio, Alan Lowenthal, Stephanie Murphy, Albio Sires, Lucille Royball Allard. 23 Democrats are not running. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Now, it's still bad for Republicans because you've got 13 individuals, many individuals like Lee Zeldin and, and Mo Brooks, Tom Reed. Who else do we got? Billy Long, Anthony Gonzalez, Adam Kinzinger, as if he's actually a Republican. These people are all are, are all bowing out as well, including Louis Gohmert, 68, a former judge, uh, judge announced in November that he is running for Texas attorney general, joining a crowded GOP primary. Louis Gohmert's been pretty good. So this is still bad for Republicans, but the advantage is Republican. Not only do they have the historical advantage, they also did very well in 2020, shocking many of the pundits and pollsters because there were districts that were safe blue. This was the craziest thing to me, notably Miami. Nobody thought Miami would go from Democrat to Republican. That seems impossible. And it did. Why? Well, you know, a lot of people who live down there, they kind of know the horrors of socialism and they're watching it happen right now. Socialism among the Democratic Party, communism, authoritarianism, the leftism, all of that stuff, the diversity, inclusivity and equity cult is freaking these people out because they've seen it before. So they're voting Republican. Again, I don't think Republican is going to voting Republican will save you from this, but maybe it will temporarily stave off the extremism from the Democrats. I don't know. I think it's funny that they claim the Republicans are the extreme ones. Republicans do nothing, literally nothing. They obstruct. Everyone's mad at Joe Manchin. He's a Democrat, but what did he do? Obstruct. Is he doing anything for the Republicans? No. He might he might change his party affiliation to independent. We'll see. I don't think he'll win. Uh, as somebody who lives in West Virginia, I do not believe Joe Manchin can win again. But, you know, I'm in one area. So who knows? Maybe for some reason he will end up winning again because people seem to like him. I just think considering the polarization, it ain't going to happen. Now, as for what happens come 2024, I think Democrats are very, very worried because they don't have anybody. The Washington Post says panicked Democrats are ready to shove Biden aside again. Check out this quote. This is amazing. They say, 10 months into into President Biden's term, panicky Democrats have already begun to speculate on who might take his place in 2024. A Post story last weekend contained this remarkable nugget, quote, one Democrat involved in campaigns said they couldn't think of a single person they had spoken to in the last month who considers the possibility of Biden running again, running again to be a real one. Maybe so. But if there's one Democrat in Washington who isn't feeling panicky right now, I'm betting it's the president himself. Sure. Yeah, right. Maybe he's not panicky because he knows he's not going to run. But the Democrats are ready to boot them out. Joe Biden's unpopularity is so thick he can cut it with a butter knife. Daily Mail says Nancy Pelosi is left flustered after protesters shouted, let's go, Brandon, USA, while she promoted Joe Biden's build back, build back better plan in San Francisco. His plan failed. It's got a whole bunch of insane garbled trash inside of it. And it's weird because, look, I'm not going to pretend to know everything that's in it. I'm not going to talk about whether we should or shouldn't have it for the most uh, for the most part. I will say there's bad things in it. But it's weird how tribal Democrats are. They're like, we got to get the infrastructure bill done. Even some progressives that I like. And I'm like, what in the bill are you super excited for? And I don't see any of that. 
I'm not saying every single Democrat. I don't want to fall into that trap. I'm just saying for the most part, the fervor is tribal. Manchin is betraying this country. Who's the real president? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden? And it's like, what? Manchin's representing West Virginia, dude. There's a Babylon Bee article. It's really funny. It's like huge blow for democracy after uh, Bill fails due to, you know, uh, popular majority vote or whatever. Like the point is, they're complaining this is so bad for democracy when the majority of elected representatives voted against it or are against it. So that's how you know that these people are in the despotism camp. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com code pool offer is valid for a limited time terms and conditions may apply look you get mitch mcconnell he appoints a lot of judges sure i guess if you're traditional conservative it's a good thing but what does he do a whole lot of nothing democrats are pushing through policy and rapid transformative changes trump didn't even do this the Build Back Better plan is massive. Trump didn't do this stuff. In many ways, Trump failed. Absolutely. In a lot of ways, he did good. But what we got from the Republicans was obstruction. That's it. Now, here's where things are getting interesting. I mentioned the earlier criminal referrals with the January 6th committee. We have the story from CNN. Trump accountant has testified before New York grand jury in criminal investigation, sources say. Let's get into the nitty gritty by citing Conta, Georges, and Booza PC, criminal defense, civil rights, and personal injury lawyers. I have no idea who these criminal uh, lawyers are, but they have a website where they are selling legal services. And thus, not only do they very likely have the expertise to provide this service, they would have to be accurate in their reflection of what's going on and what services they provide when they provide those services. And on their website, this is johnboozalaw.com, they explain how a grand jury works. They say, and this is in New York, a grand jury in New York is composed of anywhere between 16 to 23 jurors. They hear testimony, and if 12 or more of them agree that a crime has been committed, they return an indictment. An indictment is a fancy word for accusation. Once a person is indicted, the case then proceeds to trial. In many states, including New York, you cannot proceed to trial on a felony complaint unless you've either been indicted or you've waived indictment. So it is a critical part of the process. There is no judge in the grand jury, nor is there a defense attorney. And the defendant isn't there unless he's testifying. The way the process works is the prosecutor asks the grand jury to consider charging a particular individual with whatever crime the prosecutor thinks the person committed. He then calls witnesses who establish the defendant committed the crime that the grand jury is considering. At the conclusion of all the evidence, the prosecutor then charges the grand jurors on the applicable law and leaves them to vote. They then vote on whether there is reasonable cause, legally probable cause, to believe a crime has been committed based on the testimony they've heard. 
This basically means that they determine whether it was more likely than not that the evidence establishes the defendant is guilty of a crime. If 12 or more grand jurors believe a crime has been committed, they vote an indictment. Conversely, if 12 or more don't believe a crime has been committed, they vote no true bill, which dismisses the case. The grand jury can also fail to reach an agreement, which means the prosecutor can call more witnesses if he wants to do so. Although a judge isn't there to oversee the proceedings, she does get a chance to, chance to review the minutes from the proceedings. If the prosecutor ended up doing something wrong, the judge can dismiss the indictment with leave for the prosecutor to represent. To put it simply, a grand jury very likely will return an indictment. It is that simple. There is no defense and there is no judge. The prosecutor can walk in and basically say whatever he wants. And he's going to say Donald Trump flubbed the value of his property so he could convince lenders to give him more money in loans to sustain his business. That's fraud. He'll show evidence. They've had people testify already and they'll say Donald Trump did believe his property was worth more than we thought or something to that effect. Then he'll say, if you believe Trump lied to people to secure loans to defraud them, into giving up money, then you must return an indictment. It seems extremely likely this will be the case. We know that this, that we have more news on this, uh, on this issue from The Guardian. New York Attorney General vows Trump investigation will proceed undeterred. Former President sues Letitia James on grounds of political bias in efforts to halt inquiry into his business affairs. Trump is not taking this line down. He's fighting back. But they're saying they're going to carry on. There's already a grand jury. The grand jury likely is already viewing the evidence. I mean, they've already had people testify, so not likely. They literally are already reviewing evidence. And I got to tell you, it's New York. How many people in New York in the Southern District in Manhattan are going to be like, I like Donald Trump? Okay, let's say 20%. Is 20% enough to save Donald Trump? No, unfortunately, it's not. So if you've got 23 jurors and you're looking at about five of them, a little bit less than five, maybe saying, I like Trump. Well, then you've got 18, 17, 18, maybe 19 who are like, indict him. He's a bad guy. We don't like Trump. But maybe, maybe in New York, you get a bunch of regular people. Maybe you get a bunch of regular people and they don't, they don't play these stupid games. Maybe they're sick and tired of everything. And they say, dude, y'all are nuts. We need Trump back. Maybe. The AP reports from just about a week ago, district attorney's last big decision, whether to charge Trump. They say after a dozen years in office, one piece of unfinished, one unfinished business remains for Manhattan, Manhattan DA Cyrus Vance Jr. Before he retires at the end of the month, will the prosecutor known for his caution go out with a bang by bringing criminal charges against Donald Trump? I believe the answer is yes, but we don't know. He's retiring at the end of this month. So would he issue an indictment before Christmas? Maybe. I think the goal of the indictment or any of these indictments is not to go after crime. I think it's to stop Donald Trump. An indictment will drain them of resources. But do they want to rally Trump supporters around him and cause tensions? I think the answer to that is no. Now, I don't know for sure. I don't know if it's 51% chance they indict him. It's a possibility. I will say grand juries typically do return indictments. But here's what I think could happen. It's Christmas. It's New Year's. I mean, this period after Christmas into New Year's is one of the worst. No, 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 no joke. It's so difficult to get any work done. And I'm a, I'm a workaholic. But everybody's kind of zoned out. You know, they're chilling. They had a big Christmas dinner. They got their presents. They are happy. And what happens? Big news is released. Trump is indicted. Sure, some people will see it. A lot of people, but most people won't because the TV is off and they're hanging out with their friends and family. So to indict Donald Trump just after or just before Christmas actually would be a powerful play. You'll jam him up. 
You'll drain him of resources. You will put him in a position where it's difficult for him to run for office. And you will not alert enough people to make it a PR benefit to Donald Trump. If they came out and indicted him now, I mean, a lot of people probably aren't paying attention. I mean, views, uh, you know, ratings and stuff aren't so bad. But in the next couple of days, like today, it's probably going to start getting worse because people are starting to travel for the holidays. They're thinking about family. They're not thinking about news and politics. Now's the perfect time. If it was a month ago or a month from now, everyone would see it. It would be a huge news cycle story at its peak. Trump supporters would rally. He'd raise millions of dollars and he still might, even if he does get indicted. But we'll see. We will see because it could come any moment now. And at the very least, January 6th, we know where they're going. They're, ne- they're never going to stop the scandals, the insane psychotic hearings they did all throughout the last year. It was mind-numbingly bad. Russiagate, Ukraine gate, now January 6th. Just stop, you lunatics. That's all they got, though. And CNN will love to put it on TV. So we'll see. I think, uh, I think they're just trying to obstruct and jam him up. But the midterm election cycle is coming and Trump isn't the most prominent figure right now. It's going to be at your local level. It's going to be your primary. So take a look at when your primaries are and vote. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at youtube.com slash timcastirl. That'll be at 8 p.m. Thanks for hanging out and we'll see you all then. Fox News is going to require all of its employees to get at least one dose of the vaccine. They are removing their testing option. It used to be that at Fox News, if you wanted to work there, you had to get tested regularly or have the vaccine. Now, because of Mayor Bill de Blasio's mandate in New York City, Fox News is going to require people to get the vaccine. So let me just say this. You know who's cool? The Daily Wire, that's who's cool. You know who's not cool? Fox News, that's who's not cool. The Daily Wire has repeatedly said they will not comply And for the time being, I I actually, I think they're one of the lead plaintiffs in a lawsuit, but they've basically won for the most part battle. uh, I should say war is still ongoing. Ben Shapiro, I believe his his Twitter profile picture is still do not comply. They've outright said they will risk the fines, but they will not mandate vaccines. Fox News doesn't care. Fox News is just demand driven, which is why they play it safe. They try to give you that milk toast conservative uh, narrative. They try to present some kind of opposition, but they won't actually stand for principle. Well, look, I'll tell you this. The Daily Wire, they're the real deal. No joke. And we here at TimCast, we may have fairly moderate uh, political positions, but also I ain't playing any of these games. There will never be a mandate here at my company. I'm not going to pretend that we've got a million employees or 200 employees. We have like 31 or two now because we're growing and things are going pretty well for us. But I I would never uh, mandate a medical procedure. I'm not going to put myself in the precarious legal position of choosing to be in violation of the ADA or some stupid decree from a president or despot, the mayor, the governor, whatever. They can come out and they can say whatever they want. And I'm going to be like, you will not pit me against the Americans with Disabilities Act. I am not going to be prying in people's medical histories, nor am I going to be requiring them to disclose their medical histories in exchange for working here. Because you know what? Sooner or later, someone's going to sue. But more importantly, I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong. Fox News, however, oh, they're losers. Here we go. From New York Times, Fox tightens its vaccine rule, removing a test out option for New York City office workers. They report Fox Corporation, the owner of Fox News, told employees on Friday, 
that those working in New York City would have to show proof they've had at least one dose of the COVID vaccine by December 27th. Oh, please, please, everyone who works there, please mass quit. Stand up for yourselves. Tell Fox News to screw off. And, and in fact, you don't even need to quit. I'll tell you this. Every single one of you who works there need only write a letter saying, this is my, my notice. If this mandate is in place, come December 27th, I will have formally resigned. Every single one of you who works at Fox News do this. And I tell you this, they will say, OK, we won't implement this, this, this mandate. They won't do it. Fox News can choose to shut down or they can choose to back down. But the question is whether or not the people at Fox News who work there will actually stand up for themselves. You know, I, I got to say, um, I don't think they will. But it's going to be real interesting to see how the hosts handle this. It'll be real interesting because we've got some statements from these hosts. I don't know which of the Fox News hosts are or are not vaccinated. But I will say one thing. I don't care if you want to get the vaccine. I think that's entirely your choice. And it needs to be uh, your that choice needs to be made with guidance from a trusted medical professional going to a doctor. There are many doctors, many of varying opinions, but you get your advice from them. And that means there's probably a lot of people at Fox who are already vaccinated because they chose to be because they went and talked to doctors. I got no issue with that. I really don't care. I can't stand people arguing the science around, you know, medical research and stuff because, bro, I'm not going to be able to actually tell you about the process by which they made the smallpox vaccine or whatever. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what a lot of these, these medications are. What I do know is there's a big political fight. There's political tribalism. There is the frontline doctors who disagree with what Dr. Fauci is saying. And there's conflict in these regards. But they also agree on some things like they're for masks. And so it really just comes down to, yo, you got to talk to somebody that you believe in. And who knows? I don't know who that's going to be. That's on you. But this means there's going to be a lot of people at Fox News who are probably like, ah, I'm already vaccinated. But I tell you this, will they be willing to stand up against this? Because I'll tell you this, I would. We've got people who work here who are vaccinated. Doesn't matter. We're not going to mandate it. If a mandate came in, they would be fine. I'm still not going to ask them for proof of vaccination either. Which brings me to the, 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 the point here. If there is a host, if there is a producer, and they are vaccinated, they would still have to present proof of their medical status to their uh, to the Fox Corporation, which they've already had to do. So it's kind of it's, it's almost a moot point. I mean, look, let me read a little bit more. They say the new policy is in keeping up with Bill de Blasio. I don't care what crackpot despot tells you to do it. If you do it, you are in line with a crackpot despot. The New York City mandate, which requires on-site workers at all businesses to be vaccinated in the country's most sweeping local vaccine mandate, and affects some 184,000 businesses. I wonder what would happen. I get invited on Fox News quite a bit. I wonder what would happen if, if I said, I, I, I'm, I'll come in in person. Yeah. Uh-huh. What are you going to do? You're going to ask me to file a little card or like show proof of vaccination stuff? That ain't going to happen. Our policy reflects the guidelines of the mandate. A spokesman, uh, I'm sorry, a cowardly spokesman for the Fox Corporation said in an email Monday, more than 90% of Fox employees are vaccinated, the company said. Yes because they implemented a mandate before you had to get tested. That 10%. No, 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 that, that 100%. I don't care if you are or aren't vaccinated. That's not even the point. The point is de Blasio does not have the legal authority to just wave his hands and mandate everyone be forced to undergo a medical procedure. Seriously, if you work at Fox News and you go along with this, I have no respect for you. 
New York is facing a surge of coronavirus cases on Friday. The state reported 21,027 new coronavirus cases, the highest single day total since early in the pandemic. New York's mandate for workplaces requires that recipients of of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines receive a second dose, but the policy does not currently require booster shots. All right. Here's an article back from October the 12th. Tucker Carlson makes a great point about Fox News's vaccination policy. If only such nuance were a feature of the criticisms of Biden's policy. They want to mention that a Fox News host on Monday night offered a rare, if brief, commentary on his company's own vaccination policy, even as he and others continue to attack President Biden's similar policies. Oh, so many people were like, Tim, they don't have a vax mandate because there's an opt out for testing. Get out of here with that. We're going to mandate you take a day out of your week to go get tested, spend the money on that just so you can keep working. That's stupid. They write after Biden announced his policy for businesses with more than 100 employees and Fox criticized it along stricter vaccine mandates. Critics of Fox News have responded by pointing to Fox News's own vaccine policy, which is quite similar to that of Biden. Among those critics, the president himself, who on multiple occasions likened his own policy to that of Fox News. But Biden overstepped last week saying this. I always get a kick out of Fox News. Fox News requires vaccination for all employees. Give me a break. Fox News. This is false. Oh, Biden lied. Yeah, it's false. Tucker Carlson correctly pointed out that on Monday night, after he played a clip of Biden, Carlson said, now to be clear, we just have a show on this channel. That's it. We don't run the company and we would never presume to speak for the company. As a factual matter, what Joe Biden just said is completely untrue. In fact, Fox News does not mandate vaccines. What it does mandate is either vaccination or daily testing. Daily. Yo, stop supporting these people. All right, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Every single one of you who has ever looked at a Fox News article or shared a Fox News article, stop. And here's what you can do. You can go to the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro's outlet, and share those articles. Why? Because Ben Shapiro and, and, and the crew at, uh, uh, at Daily Wire have stood firm on this. And in the event they ever capitulate and cave and say, OK, I guess we're going to mandate this. Well, then you can rescind your support. But for the time being, I think the Daily Wire hits the nail on the head with the hammer. Ben Shapiro's vaccinated. Ben Shapiro thinks it's good that people get vaccinated. Ben Shapiro thinks you should not be forced to undergo a medical procedure. Ben Shapiro is correct. I don't care if you get the vaccine. I really don't. Do your thing. Talk to your doctor. Ben Shapiro did. I respect him for making the choice that he thought was right for him. But you know what he's saying? He's saying you shouldn't force people to do it. And he's not going to be that person at his company, because I'll tell you the banality of evil. It is not. It is not just de Blasio. Sure, he's a lunatic, but it is the people who are like, oh, the mayor said I have to. Okay, I'm going to enforce this. The guy who got arrested at Panera Bread. You know why? Because people at Panera Bread called the cops and then the cops enforced it. It is all up the chain. Look at this to say Fox has shied away from talking about their company's policy. And Carlson didn't dwell on the point for more than a moment or even truly detail the policy. It's probably because Fox News policy is actually more stringent than the one Biden announced for large businesses. Amazing. It's a distinction that we've repeatedly argued for emphasizing. As many, including supporters, have described Biden's policy as a vaccine mandate. It is. It is a vaccine mandate. Fox has had a vaccine mandate. Daily testing. You want to go to work? Wake up extra early. Go to the clinic. Spend money on a test. Then you can go to work. Or just get the vaccine one time. Yeah, it's called coercion. And Fox News is trash. So I'll tell you this. Any, any, you know, I, I doubt they're listening. 
But anybody at Fox News at this point, any single one of these people booking, do not email me ever again. I'm not interested. To be completely honest, I haven't been accepting their offers in some time anyway. I thought to myself a while ago, what's the point of even going on on this network? Now, look, a lot of these people, they're good people. I like them, sure. And what they do is they send out this van with like a broadcast, you know, cellular bonding unit and a camera. And then I sit in this van and they have me on their show. It's great. Uh, I'm not going to go. I, I, I will not be doing anything with Fox News. Granted, it's been, I think, what, like six or seven times maybe in the past year or so. But they, but they, they email me regularly trying to find, you know, someone to fill slots. And I, I, I've been saying no for the, for the past, uh, uh, you know, few offers. But I'm just going to say no outright at this point. Don't, don't even bother. Don't even bother. And I'll tell you this. Actually, you know what? No, I take that back. I take that back. Now, the next time I get an email, and, and, and this is for you, Fox, just so you know, go ahead and email me. Ask me to come on your show, and here's what I'll do. You, you know, whatever the segment is about, I'll bring up that you're spineless cowards with a vaccine mandate at your business who are refusing to stand up against tyranny. You're refusing to speak out against executives ruling by decree. So all, everything else that you guys talk about in your show is meaningless drivel. It is, it is demand-driven garbage. You don't have principles. You are chasing the audience. But you know what's funny? They're not even siding with their audience. You know, that was the thing that I experienced when I worked for that company Fusion, which the, the ABC Univision joint venture, where, where I was told by the president, you got to side with the audience on this one. I was like, OK, whatever. Basically means omit information and lie or lie by omission. At least that's how I interpreted it. Fox News isn't even siding with their audience. They're outright being like, yeah, we know the audience doesn't like this stuff, but we don't care. We're going to have a vax mandate. So in that capacity, if they truly believe in it, oh, sure, I, I guess I can respect it if Fox News genuinely thinks it's the right thing to do. But it really just seems like they're going, OK, de Blasio, we'll do whatever you tell us because we're losers, whiny little babies who are going to cower in the face of some mayor. Truly, truly pathetic. And I want Tucker Carlson to speak out against it. But I'll tell you this. I do not believe that Tucker Carlson has the gall to actually do it. I'm a fan. I like Tucker Carlson's show. I think he's a good dude. But look what they mentioned in the Washington Post article. They say he only mentions it for a moment. Okay, far be it from me to take the word of the Washington Post. And I don't watch Tucker Carlson enough to know if he's railed on Fox News over their mandate. But I'd be willing to bet Tucker Carlson will not speak out against the vaccine mandate at Fox News. I'd be willing to bet he won't do it. Now, here we go. Here we go. From TimCast.com. Trump and O'Reilly get booed after telling audience they got booster shots. Former President Trump and conservative pundit Bill O'Reilly were met with boos after revealing to a live audience they were both fully vaccinated and had their booster shots. The duo has been engaged in a history tour, speaking to crowds across the nation. Trump and O'Reilly revealed their triple vaccinated status during the final stop in Dallas on Sunday. I don't mind. I don't care. I think, look, this is what I'll tell you. All right, let's let's play the other side. I think it's stupid to boo Donald Trump and Bill O'Reilly because they went to a doctor and they were like, what should I do, doc? And the doc was like, you're both really old people. Get the vaccine. And he was like, OK, that's it. I don't care what you choose to do. So, quote, both the president and I are vaxxed, O'Reilly said before turning to the former president and asking if he got the booster. Yes, Trump replied. I got it too, O'Reilly stated. And some in the crowd begin to boo. Trump smiled and waved his arm, arms, urging them to stop, saying that it was just a tiny group. Don't, don't, don't. That's all right. It's a very tiny group. During the historic tour, Trump had boasted about the vaccine being developed under his administration and touted its success, saying, look, 
We did something that was historic. We saved tens of millions of lives worldwide when we together, all of us, got a vaccine done. Uh, This was going to ravage the country far beyond what it is right now. Take credit for it. It's great. What we've done is historic. Don't let them take it away. I think Trump's right. I can say, however, that um, there are many high profile uh, left and Democrat personalities that seem to be getting sick despite claiming to have been triple vaxxed. And I'll tell you something really interesting. Early on, when all this was coming down, we had a lot of accusations that the establishment elites weren't actually getting the vaccine. There were videos going viral where it was like a, a syringe with no needle was like pressed against someone's arm. So, so people claimed, maybe you just couldn't see it in the video. And they were like, look, they're not actually getting the vaccine. There was one instance where like they were one, one nurse, I guess, took an empty syringe and stuck a person with it and then pretended to give them a shot, which was really weird because he like pulls the plunger up and pushes it down, which I don't think is a very good thing to do into someone's arm. But anyway, we saw a lot of videos like that. And people claimed, well, they're, 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 these people are faking getting the vaccine, which probably is what sowed a lot of distrust in the vaccine. I don't know if those, that's true, whatever. Some people claimed it was. I can tell you that when you see these stories, hey, maybe Donald Trump makes the vaccine, right? It makes the vaccine. He he's, he's triggers Operation Warp Speed. He works really hard. And now he wants to take credit for it. Democrats were screaming they would never get the vaccine. They're like, I'm not getting that thing. You can't make me do it. And now they're all acting like it's the greatest thing. You know, do what Biden says. Daily Mail reports, California rep Katie Hill says she's tested positive for COVID at eight months pregnant despite being fully vaxxed and boosted. Really? So you've got Katie Hill, Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, Jim Cramer. The list goes on. How many people have had breakthrough cases after being triple vaxxed? Keeps happening, doesn't it? So we're presented with two possible scenarios. Breakthrough cases are, well, I got to say, look, they said that even with two shots, breakthrough cases could occur. I looked up the data and it was like you had a 90% reduction in your likelihood of getting COVID and like a 90% reduction in the severity of COVID if you did get it. So it really did, according to data that had been released and was published in many different sources, it really does seem like, you know, the vaccine reduces the severity. I don't know for sure. I don't want to argue the science because I can't. I really can't. I'm not, I'm not an expert on this stuff. I don't know what data to consider and what not to consider. What I can say is there's the official narrative. You can choose to believe it or not. But let's play this game. If you've got a bunch of, if you've got Trump and he's the guy who did Operation Warp Speed and he wants credit for this so bad. He said it was going to be so much worse if we didn't get this vaccine out. He's also boosted and so is Bill O'Reilly. And then you have these high profile left Democrat personalities and, and, and there was the big wave of them saying they would never get the vax. Is it, isn't it possible that all the videos were correct? They were faking getting the vaccine because they don't like Trump. They don't trust Trump and they don't want it. Could that be the case? Now, look, I don't know. I really don't. Why are so many high profile individuals getting breakthrough cases even with the booster? I got no idea, man. Don't ask me. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical doctor. What I can say is we were told that, you know, we would reduce the likelihood of catching and the severity of, of, of COVID uh, if you got the vaccine. It's not perfect. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a, a guaranteed you know, stoppage of anything. But then they said, like, even then, then get the booster to prevent this. So these are people who got vaccinated and boosted and still got a breakthrough case. Yo, is it not simpler to say that these people who we know lie and lie all the time lied about have, about getting the vaccine? Is it entirely possible? They were virtue signaling. They never cared to get it. They weren't worried about getting it. So I'll put it this way. 
I look, I feel like these people, they're sitting in their office. You know, we all know the, the, the mortality rates. We all know the severity, we, we, all that stuff. And the ultra rich elites are probably just like, I don't got to do anything I can do whatever I want. But they're liars, right? So they need to virtue signal to their base. So they come out and say, I got it. Everyone can do it. And then they get sick. And you're like, the problem is them getting sick makes people feel like the vaccine doesn't work. Isn't it much easier to believe that Katie Hill and Cory Booker and Elizabeth Warren, they're sociopathic hypocrites, they're evil sociopaths who are lying to you to get your support, to trick you into believing that they're on your side when in reality, they're not. They don't believe the things they say. I mean, look at Eric Swalwell. Well, actually, here's a good example. I mean, Ilhan Omar can come out and, and crop dust anti-Semitism. What, what do I mean by that is like she gets really close to making these statements, but they're not overt. And what do they say in Congress? We condemn all bigotry. Then you get Steve King who says one dumb thing and he's purged from everything. He's, he, he even loses re-election. You've, you've got Eric Swalwell banging a spy, presumably, or I should say uh, reportedly. And, uh, and this guy faces no repercussions. But you get, you know, Lauren Boebert making a joke. She immediately apologized. Oh, I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have said it. And they threaten her. Yeah, we know where the real, you know, power lies. So I'm going to tell you this. One side, for the most part, are lying, manipulative, I don't know, despots, crackpots, whatever you want to call it. Isn't it easier to believe they're just lying to you about getting vaccinated? Because wealthy elites feel like they can do whatever they want and they don't have to do what you say. Otherwise, the alternative is what? Only like all of these high profile people are getting breakthrough cases. I mean, New York City broke a record in, in COVID cases. We're seeing over and over again people saying that they're getting breakthrough cases. Yo, I think it's just easier to believe that the establishment elites are lying about everything. Otherwise, what's the alternative? Trump is wrong? Sure. Okay. Pick one. Trump is wrong and uh, taking credit for, for the vaccine is bad or Trump is right. And the Democrats lied. I don't know what to tell you, man. I really don't. But I will tell you one thing. The fact that people boo Donald Trump shows it ain't a cult. They booed him more than once. It's happened before. Trump is the avatar of their anger, but he's not the end all be all. For now, I'll just say this. Will Tucker Carlson come out and speak out against vaccine mandates? Or is he just blown smoke? Yo, I don't think you're going to get anything from Fox News. So I'll tell you this. We here at Timcast, like I said, I ain't playing that game ever ever. But you don't got to you don't got to like us. Go to the Daily Wire because they they stayed true the whole way through. They filed lawsuits. They're doing, you know, they're they're fighting the good fight. My respect to them. You should be giving your support to the Daily Wire, not Fox News. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all then. A left-wing cultist says, quote, I joined a far-right group of moms. What I witnessed was frightening frightening indeed. You know, a lot of people don't like it that I call people on the left cultists. And that isn't to say every single person on the left. Specifically, I'm referring to left-wing cultists, but it's true. And this article, I think, is actually a bit of a white pill, as it were. It should give you hope and optimism because it shows you they really are in a cult. In this story of the leftist cult member infiltrating a far-right group of moms, what she actually discovers is that it is a moderate to conservative group of moms of varying opinions, some of whom think racism is a problem, some of whom are who don't, many of whom think indoctrination is wrong and want their children to be free from coercion. 
But you can see by her reaction just what makes them a cult. They genuinely don't understand that people who have differing opinions, that moderates and conservatives, they don't understand that they're not far right. And what they actually uncover in this is a group of nice people who are there to protect children, who want children to flourish and be successful and not indoctrinated. But therein lies the big issue. Zealots and religious extremists are shocked and angered and confused. Why won't you do what we tell you? We've tried threatening you. We've tried beating you down, locking you in your homes, taking away your jobs. Why won't you comply? Regular people are saying no. So I think this article, although it's framed in a rather silly way, should be is, is a must read for people who are on the side of freedom and liberty and those who oppose the cult. Let me read for you their findings after infiltrating the far right. From Huffington Post, they write, quote, look out for the trigger words, the woman says. She's perched on a chair in front of the room. She's well-dressed yet funky with elegant boots, a demure sweater and some colorful jewelry, equality, diversity, inclusion, marginalization. These words are CRT. If you see these words in your kid's homework, you need to speak out. Well, it's equity, not equality. I am in a meeting held by a local right-wing moms group. It's an organization catering to mothers who are bent on protesting at school board meetings to stop the supposedly evil critical race theory agenda from being taught in public schools and address other typically conservative concerns. Critical race theory is not currently being taught in public schools. And that's where we begin. A lie, a manipulation. When they say critical race theory is not being taught in schools, what they mean is nobody handed uh, children a book on critical race theory. What they're doing is they're applying critical race theory. Another way to explain to those who don't understand, like I, I assume most of you do, is they're not teaching the Bible in school. That's ridiculous. They're just asking kids to reflect upon their sin and to say the Hail, uh, say, say seven Hail Marys and three Our Fathers. That's not teaching people the Bible. That's what they're doing. They're applying critical race theory in their teachings and then claiming it's not being taught. Well, that's one way to get started. They say there are about 20 of us. We're all maskless, all apparently white. I love how they say apparently because they don't know. Mostly women and all on the younger side. I'm in my early 40s and I seem to be the oldest person in the room, a group of children, including my son, the only one in a mask. They're scampering merrily in a play area down the hall while a young woman with a baby in front in her front carrier keeps an eye on them. On the wall by the door of our seminar room is a sign. It says children should be heard, respected, encouraged, loved, appreciated, guided with compassion, given freedom to learn without coercion. What exactly that last phrase means is ominously vague. Here's what I love here. She brings her kid to one of these far right meetings. She has her kid wearing a mask. The only one. No one insults her. No one derides her. No one questions her. It's fine. They don't care. You see how these people, they're in a cult. For several years now, I have been worried about the increasing right-wing views that I have noticed in my demographic, white suburban women. Before 2016, I always thought of Nazis as mainly historical villains that belonged in Indiana Jones movies or old newsreels or the sad stories my grandfather told me. Now, however, as the last Holocaust survivors are dying, I am aware that fascism is creeping back into the world at large and terrifying ways. Here's what's frustrating. Because of our tolerance, you know, the freedom-loving individuals, we have ceded institutions, schools, movies, TV, you know, TV, uh, government to 
fascists. Now, I, I, I don't know if fascist is the right word. We probably need a different word for it. But this woman who's writing this, she doesn't understand she's talking about herself. And it's fascinating because when you read her assessment of the moms in this room, you start to realize you're not alone. This is the important takeaway from this article. I know you're not a Nazi. I know this lady's insane and in a cult. And we know that when you have a group of people with differing opinions that disagree with each other, some who believe in systemic racism, some who don't, some who voted for Trump, some who didn't, and they watch videos like mine or Steven Crowder, you've got an eclectic group and diverse opinions. Certainly a group that respects diverse opinions and freedom and liberty and opposes racism, not Nazis. But what about this woman? A woman who supports mandates, forced medical procedures, people who defend Australia putting people in quarantine camps without due process. I think we know who the Nazis are. I don't care to use that word, though. We need a new word for what's happening today, and it won't really stick. It won't punch, you know, in any kind of way like Nazi or fascist will for some time. She goes on to say, I wanted to know how I could fight against the appallingly stupid yet dangerously widespread disinformation that is entrancing many of my friends and neighbors. Basic facts about COVID-19 are being dismissed by whole states as part of the liberal mainstream corporate media. How much you want to bet this lady doesn't read anything but Huffington Post? I was, uh, bodies from COVID, COVID victims were stacking up on ICUs and filling morgues back in 2020, yet I was still called a child abuser by people on the street because I made my son wear a mask. Really? And no one at this meeting called you a, a name or insulted you or called you an abuser? That's strange, isn't it? Why are people going nuts? Well, you need only look in a mirror, lady. Why are people dismissing science and history in favor of conspiracy theories? Yes, why are you? And most importantly, how could we nudge the nation in a saner direction? Well, for one, you could start reading more. I was especially curious about, an, about, about activist groups that specifically targeted suburban women. These groups seemed intent on making life more dangerous for my child. According to my local right-wing women's group, masks should not be allowed in school. They taught, told us to stop worrying about kids dying of COVID. They were also vocal about not wanting racism and its deep formative history in the United States to be taught. Now, that's not true. Some of these people literally do not believe white privilege exists because according to them, the Union soldiers who fought in the Civil War were overwhelmingly white. No, I don't understand that argument either. Other, others feel parts of the country's history shouldn't be included in curriculums if it makes people, namely white people, uncomfortable. You see, this is, it's how they manipulate. So I have to assume a woman like this is intentionally deceiving you. Because when, when we had uh, Ari the Rugged Man, I know it keeps coming up, but he was a good example of this. When he came on the show, he said, y'all, you know, don't want history to be taught. And I was like, who said that? And he's like, you, you want to ban critical race theory? And I said, who said that? Yo, you don't watch anything we do. No, we don't want critical race theory as, an, as, a, as a subject matter band. We want praxis. I don't want them pulling out the Bible and telling kids to turn to chapter and verse, whatever. I don't want them to put in their, in, in their assignments religious practice. But they can absolutely uh, t tell kids, teach them about what the religion is, what they should understand about it, why people believe certain things, but it shouldn't be like a religious, like a, a religion class. Well, actually, I take that back. I think a religion class is probably fine. Here's what people believe and here's why. But it shouldn't be overwhelmingly like we want you to be a Christian. Though I certainly think Christian values are way better than this cult practice. But I, I think zealotry across the board is bad. 
They don't want people to teach history about our, 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 our shameful history. It's just not true. What's actually happening is these people, they're pushing something interesting about white privilege and these ideas. They want people to actually they get into it. Let me read. Let me read. Every teacher I knew was struggling with COVID restrictions and dealing with students venting their post pandemic trauma post. We're still in the pandemic through increasingly disruptive behavior. School districts across the country were dealing with staffing shortages due to teachers burning out from stress. Why add to teachers difficulties by threatening school instructors who dared to teach topics like Jim Crow laws, the civil rights movement and the repercussions of slavery in America? To learn more, I joined a local right wing Facebook group for moms. It's a private group that requires aspiring members to answer some questions before their granted entry. One was, why do you want to join? I I replied, I want to be more involved with my kid's school. A week passed and then a moderator of the group Contact me privately. Can you be more specific about what issue most concern you? Concerns you? Yikes. Security was apparently very tight with this group. What? Tell us what you're concerned about. We're curious. That's security. They're, gonna, they're on to me. I'm mostly interested in issues that invo- involve keeping kids physically in school. Zoom school was devastating for my kid, and I don't want that to happen again. I wasn't lying about any of that. It's one of the few opinions I share with many conservative parents. The moderator, moderator sent me a thumbs up emoji and let me join the group. Once inside, I found the members were all stripes of Republican, and I was pleasantly surprised to see opinions were not monolithic in the group. Several moms argued against the more right, far right posters. One woman posted an objection, object, objection to children reading To Kill a Mockingbird. There's a part where uh, so one student posted a screenshot. I'm in English right now. We're currently reading To Kill a Mockingbird. There's a part where Calpurnia brings the kids to church with her, and another black woman is being extremely racist towards Scout and Jem. My teacher was saying that it was not racism because white people have a higher power over black people in society and that black people can't be racist. Isn't it amazing? That is literally critical race theory in practice. Critical theory, Marxist ideology, believes that society is built upon oppressed and oppressors and that the wealthy are oppressors and the poor are oppressed. Well, Kimberly Crenshaw said that doesn't explain racial dynamics in America. We need to take the teachings and and ideas of Karl Marx and apply it to race ideology. And thus you end up with critical race theory, not just critical theory in which the society is built up based on oppressed and oppressors, just like Karl Marx says, but it's racial issues. Therefore, the dominant uh, race in the country is white and they are the oppressors and black people are the oppressed. Therefore, racism can only be from white people. Critical race theory. Now, this woman doesn't know that the one who writes this because she doesn't read anything about this stuff. She has no idea what she's talking about. She just believes what she reads in Huffington Post and CNN and does not have a balanced news diet, nor does she do independent research. I don't blame her for that. But we also have another problem here in this point. When she says that these people had different opinions and they were arguing far right. You mean you've got moderates arguing with conservatives, arguing with far right, and you think that is all far right. You think that is all Republican. It's fascinating. No, I reject this. The way I see it is there's actually one political compass. I am very clearly on the left, not far left, though, just a little center left libertarian. People like my friend Luke Rutkowski, a center-right libertarian, more anarcho-capitalist than I am. And many of you are probably varying degrees of libertarian. That's the real political compass. Then you have the other one, cult. That's it. You know, uh, it was a week ago or so, I said, there's maybe two weeks ago, there's two different political compasses. Because you've got people like Bill Kristol, who's supposedly a conservative, on the right of the cult, but still believing the same things to a great degree. 
You've got people like, you know, what's her face? Jennifer Rubin, Jen Rubin from, uh, I think her name is, from the Washington Post, who is supposedly a conservative, but is in line with wokeness and hates the Republicans. Now, I said there are two political compasses, because if you believe in their reality, but you're more conservative, then you're to the right of them. They say I'm on the right, even though my policy positions more so align with many progressives, except the progressives tend to be authoritarian. They tend to be wrong about basic facts, and they overwhelmingly support corrupt government officials and corporations. So uh, they're to the right of me. There's one political compass and there's a cult. In the cult, you get people like this woman who says, even though she can recognize a, a variety of opinions, that something that doesn't exist in the cult, she thinks they're the far right. Well, this is good. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because it, it, it is a white pill thing. You know what I mean? It's like it should, be, it should be giving you optimism. It shows that regular people are coming together from all different political backgrounds and they're discussing these things. Let me give you an example. They said, she writes, there were several indignant emoji reactions in response to this post. One mom, however, pushed back. Well, she, can, she commented, the woman at the church complained that Copernia had brought white children to the black church, possibly one of the few places black people felt any sense of freedom and safety. It's a little absurd to call the women racist, given the context. The comment got a couple likes and no pushback. No pushback? You mean to tell me that, that a fairly progressive opinion appeared on the <gasps> far right message board? And it got some likes and no pushback. You're in a cult, lady. Please wake up. I beg of all of you. You joined the group. Look at the opinion this lady posted. Don't call her racist. She wanted a safe space. Isn't that more left? You see, you can believe in social justice, whatever they want to call it. You can actually believe in critical race theory. But if you don't believe in reality, you're going to be in a cult. In reality, people of different opinions are coming together and having conversations. That's where we are. That's why my political opinions can be center left on certain issues like universal health care or whatever. But then the left says, but Tim, he only passively ever mentions he supports things like that because they demand that I fall in line with the cult, scream the things they demand I scream, and my political opinions don't matter, period. Think about that. You know, that, that's, that's the world we live in, where I can literally be like universal basic, basic health care should be. And when I say basic, it's got to be supplemented by private. That way you don't run into problems of government restricting your access to health care through vax mandates. And regular people will still have some access as opposed to being, you know, left out in the street with flu and then dying or, you know, breaking a bone, not being able to, to get it treated. And, and we can help alleviate a lot of this medical debt, which I believe holds back a lot of our economy. It, it holds America back. I could be wrong about that. I don't know clearly a more left-wing opinion, but it doesn't matter because I'm not in the cult. So anyone outside of the cult is right-wing. Anyone in it is left-wing, apparently. She says, another surprise I found in the group was that some huge media outlets were giving them a platform. One of the founders of the group posted that she had done an interview with the New York Times as part of a story on parental rights. The New York Times, that was dumbfounded. None of the women who ran the pro-Democrat indivisible groups in my town had even managed to get an interview with the local paper. I scanned the comments and my eyes nearly popped out of my head. It'll be fine, another mom wrote after the initial poster expressed concern about the New York Times, misquoting her. It's a lesson I learned the hard way after the BBC screwed me. The BBC was talking to these women. Look how shocked the cult is. You see, many of these people live in such an extreme left wing bubble. They don't even interact with left wing publications like the BBC and the New York Times. That's how insane the cult is. I had to know more. 
Unfortunately, a few of the moms may have become suspicious of me. Perhaps I had liked too many comments by moms pushing back against the anti-CRT posts. Perhaps some moderators had found the very liberal comments I had posted in other public news articles. In any case, when I expressed interest in joining an in-person roundtable discussion, I saw the location of the event suddenly disappeared. I messaged the group moderator about the event location. Just a heads up. I think most people will not be masking. Is that something you'll be comfortable with? Yes, that's fine, I replied. I never received the location, but luckily I had written it down before it disappeared from the event post. Look how narcissistic she is, too. She thinks it's about her. I drove to the meeting with my son. The group moderator had been right. When I joined the meeting, I saw that nobody in the packed room was masked. I gritted my teeth and sat down anyway. I was fully vaccinated. My son wore a mask. He was the only one. I listened to the speakers at the meeting while they discussed how to run for campaign and pressure school boards. Many parents bemoaned how they had to pull their kids back from public schools over mask mandates. There was a lot of anger directed at teachers. I raised my hand. What do you say to people who are like, oh, you're going to put bounties on teachers' heads? You're marching outside of school board members' homes with guns? I could see several men visibly flinch at the word bounty. One woman said she disliked the term bounty, but she could see the need for monetary compensation for those who turned in, turn in teachers that were doing things parents found unacceptable. There are no repercussions for teachers who break the law, she said. If we have to offer monetary compensation for people to report teachers, I see no problem with that. It's an incentive for people to wake up. It wasn't clear what laws these teachers were supposedly breaking. As far as I could tell, teachers like everyone else got punished if they broke laws. Another woman raised her hand. Look, I know we want to change school boards, but elections aren't until 2023. What do we do until then? We can't just sit around and let, let them attack our kids. We have to do something. Bravo, ma'am. I caught a gleam in the woman's eye I didn't like. Was there some flirtation with insurrection being suggested here? What exactly was she saying? Another woman nodded. Listen, we've tried playing nice, but they just dig in their heels and dig in their heels. We have to start being not so nice. I didn't like where this discussion was going. The moderator guided the topic back to safer ground. Be pleasantly persistent. Be annoying. Be the woman at the school board meetings who always shows up. Be the person who, when the meeting organizers see you, say, oh, God, her again. Be that person and please try to get people to vote in municipal elections. Fair enough. A lot of roundtable debate felt like a Republican version of a run for something meeting. Despite my uneasiness, I couldn't help but feel I couldn't help but feel but find myself liking the men in the room. They were charismatic and energetic. They had no problem letting my low functioning autistic son play with their children, which is unfortunately rare among a lot of mothers. It's amazing. When this woman is in the cult room, they're mean to her. They're mean to her child. And here in a room of charismatic, independent women who are nice to her, she still views them as the bad guys. She mentioned she's still a member. And she ends by saying, I can't stop thinking about the gleam in the woman's eyes. She said, we can't just sit around and let them attack our kids. Though some people think merely tweeting or outrage or frustration is productive. It's not. Those of us fighting against the far right need to be more aware of how energetic and organized they're becoming and the lengths they're willing to go in order to get their way. Right wing activists are attending school board meetings in hopes of transforming our children's education and ultimately their lives and the future of the United States. It's time for us to be just as active to ensure this doesn't happen. We must fight for our children's safety and their right to learn our nation's history, even the ugly parts, especially the ugly parts. She's lying. I will tell you this. It is my belief that this woman is intentionally trying to deceive and manipulate. Why? Look at what she just said. If she had actually gone to one of these meetings, she'd learn the parents do want their kids to learn these things. That every single guest we've had on Timcast IRL from conservative or otherwise has said, teach the kids about the history of the Native Americans. Teach them about the history of slavery. Teach them about Japanese internment camps. No one is denying that. But in the fake world the cult lives in, they need you to believe 
That's, it's, it's not the case. They want you to believe that teachers are being forced to stop teaching the horrors of Jim Crow. How? How is it possible? I went to school in Chicago. I went to a private Catholic school and I went to a public school and they taught us all of this because they're lying because they're lying. They need you to believe that these women who want their kids to be free from coercion are evil so that you're scared of them. They don't want you reading the news. But I'll tell you this. The reason I saw this and wanted to do a segment on it is I believe this should be cause for optimism. What's what we're seeing now is this writer, Phoebe Cohen, goes into this meeting and discovers an eclectic, freedom-loving group of people who want to protect their kids, who understand racism is a real problem and generally just want to be good parents. That's what she discovered. That means that people like you and me, regular people, moderates, independents, conservatives, traditional Christian conservatives, whatever, are all overlapping. And that's something we've seen in the polls. And the Democrats, for the most part, I say for the most part, are in a cult blinded by their own zealotry and fake news and unwilling to break out of that bubble and blinded by deceptive articles like this that they consume in Huffington Post. So I suppose I should say more and more we're learning that regular people are waking up and that's a good thing. And they're desperate to try and make it seem like it's not the case. Well, there you go. Good job infiltrating a regular group of moms. You've proven you've proven yourself wrong. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.